scared you. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Cabinet Dr. Howdy's podcast. Uh, I'm Sabini's Goblin Come, and I'm here with Loomis's Throbbing Love Stick. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting real <laughs> sensual tonight, baby. And, you know, since the horror community, their favorite month of all time is October. Spooky best- season. Oh, spooky season's here, boys and girls. Spooky, spooky season. fucking season. <laughs> and we decided, you know, why not? Let's make a Halloween episode. Yeah, we might as well because, you know, that's 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 what gets the views. The motto doesn't get the views. The Halloween episodes get the views. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just talk about Michael Myers this whole episode. Oh, absolutely. With Halloween Kills. Have you seen Halloween Kills yet? No, not yet. Yeah. I haven't even I watched Halloween. I heard it's a lot of fun, to be honest I- with you. I have to. Um, I haven't even watched Halloween 2018, to be honest. I haven't watched either, man. It's just, I don't know. I guess I'm one of those people. I'm just so sick. Like, the Halloween franchise, to me, is, like, the one that just pisses me off the most. Like, stop rebooting the franchise. Stop changing the timeline. Just be happy with what, what has been put out and just let it die at this point it's just one of those things they keep like reviving over and over like and there's so many different like fan versions of it and universes it's just insane at this point you know so you you bringing that up it actually reminds me of another pretty controversial topic in the horror community and uh that's the new hellraiser remake where uh i I was pretty open about that on my story where you just let sleeping corpses lie don't make another one so i'm on that with that as well like stop making these fucking movies yeah and i mean like i'm not saying you know they can't be fun and enjoyable like i'm sure i heard some good things about halloween kills like it's just a good slasher and it's enjoyable um and it's you know somewhat mindless you know and you know that's cool and stuff but at the same time it's just one of those things it's like you know I feel like we're doing a repeat of, you know, the 2000s of just remaking shit at this point. Um, There's not a lot of uh, new stuff coming out. You know what I mean? That's just with without it being some type of rehash or, you know, some revisit of a past movie. And, you know, nostalgia is what sells right now. So I think that's what a lot of, you know, producers and companies are doing. Which is a shame because I think there's a lot of really good directors out there. And, you know, there are a lot of really good movies that have come out in the past few years. But it's just, you know, they keep focusing on, you know, what what franchise can we reboot now? You know, and it comes down to the saying you vote with your dollar. So, you know, as long as the box office is up with them type of remakes and then movies, they're going to keep on hashing them out over and over again. I mean, for Christ's sake, the remake of The Exorcist, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I'd rather shit my mouth and stick fucking needles in my eyes and fucking watch that. That's what I'm saying, dude. They tried to reboot it, you know, early 2000s. Same thing. They 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 did the reboot of it, you know, and that one wasn't that great. Um, You know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like I don't know what it is, but audiences. It seems like producer. You know, it's obviously money is involved, but it's like just let stuff let stuff die a natural death let stuff leave let stuff end on a cliffhanger not everything needs a, a sequel not everything needs you know a whole universe around it and uh it's it's just very it's very frustrating dude i i, I get so sick of seeing that shit you know it is it's the craziest thing is like um psycho Goreman, right i love that movie and it fucking got a really good following right just from being released on blu-ray and like you know right. streaming and shit like that 
But I could only imagine if they actually took the like took they had some balls and put it out like to the fucking theaters. I guarantee it would have fucking been a hit. Right. I guarantee it. But of course, no one's gonna you know gamble on something like that when you can. Hey, we're gonna remake. Uh, we're gonna remake Hellraiser for a thousandth time, and uh, we're gonna make a lot of money on it. That's what we're yeah, gonna do. You know, so. you know, Candyman. You know, it's just it's. Don't it's, get me started. <laughs> you know, it's just it is what it is, man. It's just uh, you know, I'll let people enjoy it. I'm not gonna take a shit on people for you know liking that, but at the same time, you know, you know, we've we've said it before. A lot of these remakes that are gonna come out, people will make a really big deal out of them, and they're gonna fucking forget about them within a few years. You know, because yeah. the, the originals are the ones that stand the test of time. I came up with a pretty, like, a, uh, two episodes from a very, very, very uh, popular show from the 80s. I don't know if it went into the 90s or not. I think it ended in the late 80s. I believe um, so, yeah. Yeah, but it, that's uh, Tales from the Dark Side, which me and Jeff were talking before the podcast. The scariest fucking intro of all time. Oh, dude, that intro. You know, because that's, that's how a lot of us, um, you know, that were, you know, I was, you know, what, I was five years old in 1990. So I wasn't, I wasn't cognizant when the show was out, you know, but they had it in syndication and they showed it on sci-fi channel all the time during the day. So mm-hmm. that's how I caught a lot of episodes, you know, if I'd stay home from school or during summer break, but yeah, that intro, I remember being at home, you know, home by myself, dude, that intro was terrifying when like the screen went just, it went to like the negative, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I, I remember, um, I used to go camping in Vermont every year. Uh, during the summertime my parents yeah and i remember being a kid and remember seeing like you know how it has the camera on all like, the countryside and shit, yeah. the trees and all that type of stuff yeah and um i remember driving through vermont and i got so creeped out because i thought of that intro i'm like oh <laughs> man i'm in the dark side right now That's we're about right. to go to the dark side i'm in the farm country it's gonna everything's gonna go negative now <laughs> oh my god yeah that's you know you can make yourself go negative you know what i mean in the farm country that's right dude that was my that was my thursday night <laughs> um so i want to go over it's actually the pilot episode um it was released october 29th 1983 and that's the trick or treat that's the that's the name of the episode trick or treat and um this is like a really, really awesome Halloween. It's the settings Halloween. Everything about it, like the the monsters, are very Halloweeny. Um, and in a nutshell, it's basically like an Ebenezer Scrooge type story. Right. It's this old crotchety. I wouldn't even say crotchety. It's not like he's just like oh, I hate life. I've been living too long. He's just a fucking dick, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, just puts people in debt. He lives in this little like you know Dustville village in the fucking farm area. And he owns the general store. And what he does is because everybody's out of jobs and crops aren't growing, um, he does IOUs and he puts all these people in the den. Every Halloween, he makes his house a haunted house with all these animatronics and special, you know, crazy shit for the time. And um, if your kid goes through and finds the hidden IOU bag, you are out of debt from him. And um, so basically, it's a pretty general story. You know something bad's going to happen to this guy. You know something's going to happen to this guy. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And um, basically what happens is uh, the creepiest fucking witch, courtesy of Ed French. Um, I think everyone knows who Ed French is. If you don't, he uh, he did makeup for Nightmare and a Damaged Brain. Uh, he did Chud, Sleepaway Camp, The Stuff, Amityville 2, The Possession, which is batshit insane. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. 
uh, everyone's favorite Thanksgiving slasher, yeah. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. He played he played Billy in it uh, as well, like a smaller role. Um, in Creep Show too, and then I had to put this in here because me and you. He also did makeup for Terminator Two. He Judgment. did, yeah. I was, gonna, I was gonna say that, man. That was that was like his biggest one, I believe. Fuck you, you little dipshit. Yeah, man. Terminator Two, and, Judgment Day, and he really does a fucking bang. And there was another guy that helped him out as well. I just didn't really get his uh, get his name. Well, Stan um, Winston. Stan Winston was like a was pretty much because I think Ed French was part of the Stan Winston school. Stan Winston okay. you know, was the big big name for every all the special effects, you know, for everything. So. But yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he's definitely the the. I think there's a there's obviously the witch. The witch is fucking like this old school green, really and eh, cackling. (laughs) And she like it's so creepy because she you know the buzzer rings and he looks through the door the door hole whatever the fuck it's called and he sees her and she's like. Like doing all this weird. I remember watching as a kid. I'm like. Yeah, what the, I, I don't think I don't think witches are scary, but then right. I saw that and I was like, yeah, what the fuck? There's also a uh, a zombie pirate that actually the last is from Tim Curry uh, did the laugh for him when he oh, sees shit. him. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I read that in a trivia. Um, what's it called? And then I'm burping like a fucking crazy person right now. And then there's the devil, the devil at the end. You know, he finally gets his fucking, you know, the revenge on this scumbag and the devil's there. And he's creepy as shit too. Right. So it's a really fucking crazy, crazy episode with state of makeup and special effects. Um, I I know you're you're familiar with it, right? A little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I know that. I, I know it now you had to, you had to describe it for me and I remember it now, but, um, it's it's crazy just to think of like the the um the power of practical effects man because i think like you know shows like that you know you look at just practical effects and that's just that's what makes it so creepy you know what i mean and there's another movie i'll talk about you know later on that i watch with my kids and it has a great practical effects scene in it and it terrified my daughter when she saw it um and it's just i think you know having Savini and all these, you know, spe- you know, and Ed French and stuff and all these people that, you know, were notable, notable in the special effects world. And you, you got Romero as the writer of it too. Yeah. Um, you know, you got all these big names in it. It's just, you know, of course it's going to be a, a terrifying thing and it still stands up to this day, you know, I, you know, and, and also I know so Romero wrote this one, obviously he wrote right. a lot of them. He wrote a lot of them. And there, I thought this was funny for some reason, but in this particular episode, George A. Romero and a man named Franco Amori wrote it. Franco Amori also did the 1995 classic Monkey Trouble. Remember that little <laughs> fucking movie? I just, looked that, I just looked that up and I saw it, Monkey <laughs> Trouble. Oh my God, dude. I mean, I don't think I thought about that movie probably since it was out. <laughs> I literally just, I, when I was looking up shit, you know, trivia and, and different things, I saw that. I'm like, oh my God. I always wanted a monkey like that. You know how oh, badass you'd be with a monkey like that? Yeah, what's up with the, what's up with, what was up in the 90s with like monkeys? Like, oh Dunstan, yeah, was Dunstan, Dunstan, Dunstan checks in was one of them, right? <laughs> Dunstan checks in like, Dunstan. Checks in. Yes. Oh, more. I like it rough. Oh. <laughs> it was like the cool monkeys, you know, and they like dressed yeah. the same as the kids, you know. Buddy, remember Buddy was oh, the gorilla? Yeah, dude. Like the nineties were so fucking weird. They really were. I man. fucking loved them, dude. I mean, I loved it too, but it was so fucking weird. It was like another another fucking planet. 
Dunson checked in. I think he was an orangutan. They're the best type of monkey. <laughs> right. Orangutan is one of the monkeys where, like, if I honestly, like, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a room with a chimp because they're going to fucking destroy yeah, you. Yeah, they'll, they'll rip your face off, dude. Rip your dick and face off at rip the same time dick. and eat them in front of you. Fucking a gorilla. I love gorillas, but they're just too fucking big. And if they want a wild Oh, out, dude. Fuck. They'll pound you into dust, man. Yeah, bro. Your fucking face is going to be in the back of your fucking head within seconds. No, for and sure. And then you got a orangutan. All he wants to do is smoke weed and drink beer. <laughs> That's what it, And I, I only like the orangutans with tan faces, with the big fat face. I hate the right. regular ones. They suck. Right, right. You know what I mean? But we're That's going so off. Fun. We're talking about monkeys. We're in monkey business right now. <laughs> But what Halloween does to us. <laughs> Halloween gets me all excited for 1990s monkey movies. Monkey. We need to, that's going to be our next episode. Monkey movies of the 90s. Oh, man. We, uh, dude, honestly, uh, that's from the, I was going to say Monkey Shines, but that's from the 80s. So. Ooh, oh, yeah. Close. It's on there. It's like 1989 <laughs> in the 90s. You know what I mean? There it we go. Yeah. It would be a 90s movie. It was that transition you know? year, right? Yeah. That's like uh, when, you know, when there's 80s, uh, you know, 80s horror week or whatever. And I post society like, well, technically, no, it was 1980. That's an 80s movie. Yeah. It all depends on how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next episode I want to talk about, and I know you're very familiar with it. And most right. people, this is the first episode they ever see of Tales from the Dark Side. And uh, if my name didn't give it away when I said it in the beginning, <laughs> uh, we're talking season two, episode five, aired in October 27th, 1985. And I'm starting to like the fact that Tales from the Dark Side would air these Halloween-esque episodes, yeah, yeah. you know, close to Halloween as possible. And that's the, the episode Halloween Candy, directed by our favorite Tom Savini. Tom Savini, baby. <laughs> This is literally, so the best way to describe this episode without getting too in-depth into it, I wrote it down because I didn't really want to go like crazy, like step-by-step, step. Right. but um, everyone loves Trick or Treat, the uh, Michael uh, Doherty film, and it's a great movie. I love that. It always right. reminded me of a really <laughs> long Goosebump episode. For sure, yeah. It's a great right? throwback. It's a good throwback kind of movie, you know? Yeah. And I'm a sucker for like the anthology, like mm -hmm. movies where they're all kind of intertwined and stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Take the last segment of the movie with the old man and fucking Sam visits the old man and, you know, he's the spirit of Halloween and the old man dies from Sam. That's literally it. But instead of Sam, it's a small version of Fluffy from Creepshow as a goblin. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the makeup is so great in this, too. It's creepy. Some great Hell light. Yeah. Some great lighting, you know, too. Like, you know, um, I was, I, I, when you were talking about the episode, I went and looked up some pictures of it. And uh, you know the the picture of him like looking out through the blinds, and he's I like, hate that part. Yeah, yeah dude, because I have like an irrational fear my whole life. I always tell my wife this, of like leaving the windows open at night, and like something watching me, but I can't see it, but it can see me. Like I don't like that. That's fucking scary to me. It and is, like man. any type of scene like that in a movie or a show where something's looking in a window, dude, it's scary. To me. I don't like it. Fucking one of my favorite scenes in the creep. First off, the creepiest part of that episode, it's like when he looks outside and you're seeing the lighting. Yeah. It's such like a, it's the perfect October Halloween night. It's like blue, yeah. neon yeah. bluish. Yep. Just really, and it creeps me out. Every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, man, I never want to see a nice sky like that because the album's going to come and fuck me. Um, <laughs> but I remember the one part where he opens the window 
and the goblins on the porch swing, they kind of just swing yes, and stare yeah, at yeah. him. That fucking freaked me out too. I'm like, yeah, this is fucking creepy, bro. Like, I hate this little fucker. You know, he has yeah, like a lizard tail. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's creepy, dude. It is. It's a. It's you know. There we go, man. There we go. Yeah, tag team it. Um, yeah, you know, I just really miss shows like that, you know. And I was looking up executive producers on that one too. You got Romero and you got uh, Rubenstein. Isn't isn't he the reason why we haven't had yeah. a legit Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray release? Yeah, I mean he's he's literally. I mean besides the you and know, Mark. in America, yeah. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a cocksucker, dude. Man, he's a yeah, dick. fuck you, Rubenstein, you yeah. cock baby. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing, too, you know, to really win people over, um, if Savini and a goblin hasn't won you over yet, um, <laughs> it easily, easily could have been a creep show, uh, creep show segment. Yeah. I could see this episode being right into creep show with like the movie itself. Oh, absolutely. Um, and also, a man named Michael McDowell wrote this. Um, he also, you know, he wrote episodes for every anthology uh, Monsters, which is one of my favorites. Tales from the Crypt, which is like everybody's favorite. He also did the uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, Lot 249, and oh, Lovers yeah. Now. Okay. And he also wrote Thinner, and he also wrote Beetlejuice. I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I did not know. I did not know that. Yeah, That's that was on cool. unless they're lying to me. I don't know. They might be fucking lying to me. And I'm you know, like, it's, I'm... It is crazy, though, to think about all the people that were involved. Um, you know, when you think about like 80s horror, just like how many names were involved in other stuff. It was, you know, it was, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just like, every, you think about all these people, they were involved in TV shows. They were involved in movies and they had their hands in like everything. I feel like, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. you didn't have just like people that were like these, like one trick ponies. They were, they were involved in so many different productions and stuff. And that's, I think that's, what's so cool about it is, um, you know, you talk about like people like Joe Dante and, you know, all these other kind of big names, but they were all involved like with these movies and shows as producers or whatever, you know? It's crazy that you brought up Joe Dante. Oh, wow. Yeah, you just, you you, you open up a good segue for uh, the next, uh, next, probably the most controversial topic we're going to talk about today. (laughs) And that's the, my fit. All right, when I say this real quick, let me fucking shut everybody up. When I say this is my favorite, does not mean it's the best of the series oh okay okay i think everyone knows where we're going with this one at this point right right um my favorite as because this movie literally sweats halloween flavor right right october the way the the the, the, the setting of the film the environment of the film it's it just it is october halloween and um that's the 1982 ultimate favorite better than all the other ones halloween three season of the witch you motherfuckers the night no one comes home turn it off stop it 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 yeah i i i think that one is great i don't understand you know it's funny how everyone loves it now and everyone hated it, you know, years and years ago. You know, oh, you were talking about was, how it was all the hate. Oh, dude, they hate it. Just have Michael Myers. It sucks and blah, blah, blah. And, dude, I remember the first time I saw Halloween 3. It was in the 90s. Um, 
on TV. I can't even remember what channel it was on, but it was during the day. I remember very vividly the scene at the end where where um, Tom Atkins is killing Ellie, who has turned into an android. Yep. And he like knocks her head off, and like that green that green goo is just coming out right. That as a kid seeing that grossed me out so bad. Like I don't know what it was. It looked like snot to me though when I was a kid. And I, you know, I was probably maybe like seven or eight or maybe a little older than that. Um, but seeing that just like truly like made me like physically sick to my stomach. And then all of the scenes before that, I remember seeing, um, you know, like the bugs coming out and the festering sounds and, you know, it just, it grossed me out. And that was my first like memories of Halloween three. And I, you know, I didn't even know about like Michael Myers and stuff like that. I just remember seeing that movie and being like, this is gross, you know? Yeah. Dude, I, I, I know, I know that you hate the sounds, the chewing sounds and stuff. And like, especially yeah. like the bugs and shit in there and the fucking head. Like, you... Yeah, the festering sound effects yeah, are just, just that, like man, gross yeah, me yeah, out, absolutely. dude. I was a late bloomer on Halloween 3, right? And as everyone, if you know, you know me pretty well and like AJ and the, you know, the other guys and right. all that. Um, I, I'm not a big Michael Myers guy to begin with. I love right. Halloween. It's a pinnacle masterpiece of a fucking slasher film and suspense film, right? For sure. Um, Halloween 2, I can deal with it. It's not bad, right? Um, it's pretty fun. It's a it's a pretty awesome slasher film, fun slasher film. Um, but I can care less about fucking the rest of them. And I've seen 4 and 5. I saw 4 and 5 before I saw the third. And when I put on the third, I might have been like a teenager or something like that or whatever. And uh, I remember watching. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, how can people say they hate Halloween 3 but then sweat Halloween 4 and 5? Right. Like, you guys are a bunch of fucking remedial assholes. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think Halloween 3 is a great movie. I think the problem with it is the name. And I think that's what it is. I wish they would have just went with Season of the Witch and that's it. I got a then, correction on that though, real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking say something here. Technically, it should be season of the warlock. Right. Okay, I could see that for sure. Because come on now. Yeah. No. No. What, I agree. What are you doing, guys? <laughs> what, Tom Lee Wallace. You fucking sitting there. I don't know if you named the film or not, but you son <laughs> of a bitch. All right. Season of the warlock. Right. Season. Yeah. And I, if it if it had a different name, I think it would, I think it would have had a different response. This is my this is my beef when people say it's the favorite in the franchise is if we're talking Halloween franchise, right? When I think of like me personally, when I think of Halloween franchise, I think of Michael Myers, right? Yeah. And I think of Michael Myers and Halloween three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. So I don't count it in the franchise. You see what I'm saying? I just I don't I don't consider it even in the continuum. And I hate when people do like we're going to rank the best Halloween movies in order. And they put Halloween, don't even put Halloween three in there because it's not involved with Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. It would be the same as if someone said Umberto Lenzi's ghost house is the best evil dead movie because, (laughs) because, because ghost house was part of the La Casa series. Right. You know, you know, you know, branching off of the evil dead movies in Italy. Right. It's just, it's in name only. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I did. So I think me personally, I think Halloween three is a great movie. I love that movie, but I do find it a little odd sometimes when people are like, it's the best Halloween movie out of the franchise. I'm like, well, 
it doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers, though. So I don't know. That's just me personally, though. But I, I love the movie. The movie is fantastic. It's just such an October fucking... Oh, it is. It, you can only watch it during October, really. Well, well and, and everything about it, you know, that's the thing about it is I find myself now since I moved from Michigan to South Carolina, right? I've been down here for four years. And I find myself gravitating towards those movies that give me that like Midwest feel again, or that Northern kind of feel, because I don't know if you've ever been down South for Halloween, but today we had, or, or yesterday we had a high of like 81 and oh, wow. it's humid as fuck. Jesus Christ. And, You're going to make me throw up. Dude. And the leaves, you don't see the leaves changing at all in the trees. So it's just, it's one of those things like, you know, when, when I was growing up and you can attest to this as well, because you're in Jersey, but like, you know, you never know when, you know, me being up in Michigan where it's, you know, gets really cold early. Sometimes it snows in October, you know, you would have to wear your jacket underneath your Halloween costume because it would be cold that night, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things. I love those movies like Halloween three and, you know, um, you know, the other ones that we'll talk about, even the Halloween movies in general, like Halloween too, because they give me that, like, even though they weren't like filmed there, they give me that Midwest kind of feel. And that's, it, it makes me nostalgic for home. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. It, man. And like we were saying, the soundtrack of Halloween three is, I think personally to me, that's John Carpenter's best soundtrack. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Dude. So <laughs> fucking good. It's so, so eerie. Good. And just oh, fucking, is. I was listening or listening. I was reading an article on uh, Alan Howarth and, and John Carpenter. They said, what is the difference between all the stuff you've done before and this uh, soundtrack? And they said, we've really just they sunk in on the sense on yeah. this. Really just like, it was just 100% that. And, uh, you know, it, and the other thing too, kind of giving the backstory of it real quick, so kind of went off track with that. Um, I most people know this, you know this, I know this, but just in case anyone doesn't know it, Halloween 2 was supposed to kill off Michael Myers. Right. Yep. He was supposed to be done, finished at the end of that, and he's done, and the whole series is done for that. Now, John Carpenter, what he wanted to do was he wanted to make a series, like, I guess every year, every, you know, two, however, however it was, almost like an anthology, like an hour right. and a half, two hour long creep show type episodes, Tales from the Dark Side type shit, where every Halloween would be a different story, something right. bad happening each time, which I would love to see the ideas that they spun for that. I know they had ideas probably or like after the season of The Wish, they probably had some other cool shit going on. But, you know, for him, him and Alan, when they got together for this, like for composing this fucking shit, they probably were like, yo, we have to bring this fucking heat, bro. Oh yeah. We gotta, you know what I mean? Like we gotta bring this flavor to this fucking movie because if this is successful, we'll keep on going. But obviously it wasn't successful. It was, yeah, and that's that, and that's a damn shame because I agree with you. I would have loved to see the series move in that direction, but of course they didn't because it didn't make money. And then of course you know you got Halloween Four comes out, the return of Michael Myers, um, you know. And but it didn't make money because of what you said. You you hit it on the head earlier. It didn't make money because of the way they named it off. Halloween exactly. Three, season of the Witch. Yep. Yeah. They should have just said if they were going to use the Halloween name, they should have just used Halloween season of the witch exactly. not Halloween three. right yeah and i think it would have been better received had it had a different name um but yeah i mean th like you were saying with the soundtrack dude what i love about halloween three soundtrack is usually carpenter what he does for a soundtrack and howard does the same thing um is they revolve around a few themes 
You know what I mean? Like Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, um, Escape from New York's a little different. You know what I mean? They, they, they bring a little more heat with that one. Um, but usually it revolves around a few themes, right? And that's the soundtrack. But I feel like Halloween 3, they have so much fucking music to it. And that's what I love about it. There's so much music. Like I have the, uh, I have the uh, waxwork edition that they re- that they re-released on it, and there's all these extra tracks, and it's it's phenomenal, dude. Just some of these tracks that are on there, because they're so like, they're such atmospheric songs. There's this one song on there called uh, Stonehenge. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. So dismal. <laughs> It's so it's such an apocalyptic kind of sound and i just i love it. It, it it's one of those soundtracks to me like my wife hears it and she's like oh that's halloween three she knows it <laughs> and she, she's only seen the movie maybe once you know what i mean but she's heard the music so much because it's just like you said it gets me in the halloween mood it gets me in the halloween spirit you know your uh, your description of stonehenge was once again my thursday night the name of it and how everything you just described as well yeah <laughs> It's true, dude. It's just, it's such a good, just soundtrack. It's so eerie, you know? Such eerie, eerie shit. I remember, I think I brought it up on Player Heater's Ball Part 1. or part, I forget which one it was. But um, I brought it up. I remember coming across this YouTube video, and they had uh, Chariots of Pumpkins. I think that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was Wildwood, New Jersey. That's the shore where I'm from, right? It's a boardwalk, rise, and shit. And, um... It was, you know, during the off season, there's nobody there except locals. It's really creepy if you go down there during the off season because the boardwalk, everything's shut down. Right, right. The shore during the winter times is creepy as it is. And they had this like five minute video of them just going through each street down the boardwalk. And it was playing <laughs> that that song. And I remember like, yo, this is so fucking good. Oh, I yeah. can never find it. I never found it afterwards. Oh, damn. I wish I would have saved it or something, but I never could find it. But yeah, that soundtrack makes that fucking movie. Oh, I agree. And uh, honestly, you know what made that movie too, though? And I'm a huge fan of him. Tommy Lee Wallace. Oh, yeah. Uh, who obviously he worked on the original Halloween, yep. right? Yep. And uh, he was also the voice of the announcer for Silver Sham- Shamrock. Oh, All right, yeah, kids. yeah. So he did that yeah. as it. But he also directed Fright Night 2, which needs a release. I fucking love Fright Night 2, dude. Did you ever see it? I've never seen Fright Night 2, no. Oh, man, it's a blast, bro. It's fucking awesome. There's a there's a scene I remember it stuck out when I was a kid. It's the vampires. They all go bowling. So they, like, <laughs> they kill everyone at the bowling alley and shit. And it's just like, it's this really cool fucking scene. Um, and he also did, and I love this, and I know a lot of people, it's 50-50 with them. He did, uh, he directed the It miniseries from 1990. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, you know what else also he did, too, is Amityville 2. He wrote... Uh, he I was going to bring that up. That yeah. movie, and I love how oh, it all dude. went into one. T- uh, yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, yeah. you know, Ed French with the uh, Amityville, and then it went into the fucking, you know, into Halloween 3. Oh, absolutely. Amityville 2, the possession is insane. Oh, it's better than the first one, dude. That's that's the way I feel. The dude. best, because because to me the first movie, I don't understand the love, you know, Amityville Horror gets. I now I now I read the book about fifteen okay. about fifteen years ago. I read the book, and I will say this: that book is fucking creepy. Like I gotta that's read it, it. That's a it. You gotta read it, dude. Like the book itself, it it just has so many great moments in it. 
you know, and, and I think it goes into a little bit more detail than the movie did. The movie to me is cheesy as shit. It does not. Yeah, I don't like. I don't well. like the Amityville Horror at all. No, but number two, Amityville Two: The Possession, great fucking movie. I love that one. That it's one's insane. That one's Incest, scary. Fucking crazy practical. Fucking, it's gory as fuck. Well, do you know and it's why? Offensive as shit too. Do you dude. know why? Do you know why it's good though, and why it's offensive? Italians. It's because of Italians. That's Ital- Italians <laughs> fucking directed it. Oh, mama. So that's why it is gory offensive and actually atmospheric it's a great movie um i love that scene where they go into the basement and like that wall you know like the door opens up that leads into like the abyss you know and you see those people just like wandering around you know in the light and then they and then they don't show anymore that's it like it's just it's it's a great movie and special effects were phenomenal on it too it's funny um i was watching a massacre video put it out necrophagia uh, it was there like crazy X rated. Uh, Jim Van Beber did a couple of the uh, videos, directed them and shit. But there's it, between the videos, there's the interviews with Necrophagia, and one of the guys, uh, it wasn't it wasn't Killjoy. It was one of the I think it was with the, the drummer or whatever. He even says it's like, yeah, we're into horror movies, we're into good stuff. Like, go watch Amityville Two: The Possession. It's the best. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's a I'm great like, movie. Oh, yeah, that's the fucking yo. That is a great fucking flick. And talking about books too. Another funny tidbit is the novelization of Halloween 3 was a bestseller. Was it really? Yeah. They, so the movie was this was a bomb. It fucking right. was a flop. And for some reason, uh, the novelization was great. So much it got republished. It was in, it was in rotation. Right, right. Um, I've seen it before. I, I would like to track down a copy. If it's not too pricey, that'd be kind of cool to have it. Oh, I can um, imagine it's probably pretty pricey now with all the people that yeah, are living like, Yeah, because everyone sweats it, you know what I mean? It's a sweaty movie now. It's nasty. It's like a fucking... It's a scared kid in a Joe Paterno fucking Sandusky locker room. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that, is that at Penetration State? <laughs> Another cool thing, and that's how we rolled into this, is yeah. the original director was supposed to be Joe Dante. Joe Dante, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And Joe Dante, for those who don't know it, oh, obviously, God, but, yeah. uh, you know, some people don't know. That's the thing. I hate when people are like, you don't know who this person oh, is. Oh, yeah. 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 Go suck a dick. Fuck off. Um, the Howling is Joe Dante. Gremlins, man. Gremlins. I was going to say everyone's love... favorite Christmas movies, Gremlins, you know, oh, Gremlins yeah. is Joe Dante. Um, the Burbs was Joe Dante. Yeah, that was Joe Dante. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I mean, he's, uh, what he's... else did he have a little the hand in? I know I'm missing something. Uh, he did. He did per, uh, Piranha. Okay, yeah, Piranha, yeah, that's yeah. one of them. Yeah, Joe, D- I mean, he's just done a ton of shit. He did Inner Space, too. Um, I, I have fun memories of watching that fucking movie. Um, that was the one with uh, Martin Short where they go into the body, you know? Um, yeah, he, he's just done a ton of stuff. He did, um, oh God, that movie in the 90s, uh, The Soldiers, Small Small Soldiers. He did that one. Oh, that fucking movie's great, dude. Yeah. I mean, he just, he had, he just had a great, I mean, he did the, some Twilight Zones too, um, in the eighties. So he did the Twilight Zones. I'm looking, looking right Did now. he do any, uh, did, yo, he did, uh, he directed, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, one of the, the movie, sec- yeah. did he not, did he direct It's a Wonderful, the Good Life? With he Anthony? did the Good Life. Yes. He did I the fucking good life. love that. That's oh, a yeah. great fucking segment, dude. Oh yeah. And, and the thing about Joe Dante, not to get off topic too much, but Joe Dante, his big thing was chaos in the suburbs 
Yes. That was his favorite thing, like kind of like disrupting the normal normalcy of like a community. You know what right. I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He um I love what I love about Joe Dante is he's just one of those guys that like he was so popular, but he knew his shit. You know what I mean? He loved Hammer Horror. He loved Paul Nasci. He he loved all the old shit. You can tell, like, the shit he was into when he was younger. You know what I mean? And, like, he brought it to the table, like, in the 80s when he was directing all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I have a very soft spot for Joe Dante. Just be... just. <laughs> Because Gremlins, Gremlins was such a big movie to me when I was a kid. I, I was. I, yeah, I honestly, I fucking hate that we're doing this episode because I fucking don't really like Halloween. I cannot wait till December, and we already know oh, yeah. why. Yeah, I Christmas. can't wait to talk about Christmas horror movies. <laughs> anyway, uh, last but not least, and this is going to make everybody happy, and um, it makes me happy, is uh, it's on Roger Ebert's most hated list to this day: Halloween Three, Season of the Warlock. <laughs> Like, hey, change the name there. Good job. It's Warlock, man. I'm sorry. I mean, like, yeah. I guess, I guess you could be a guy and be a witch. I'm not really sure, but there is a Warlock. It should have started. Whole... It should have started Halloween. Uh, stuntman Dick Warlock. Dick. And Warlock. it would have. I think he was in it. He was the. Was he in he it? He was the assassin in the beginning. Oh, he was. Doesn't yeah, he, like, the he green, has the, doesn't he the green goo coming out of his mouth. Yep. That's yeah, him, that's, bro. that's Dick Warlock. They should have totally named it. Season <laughs> bro, imagine Dick. having a name named Dick Warlock. Seriously. I know. Dude. Can you imagine that, like dating a chick and you're just like, you're like at the drive-in and you're like, man, I'm Dick Warlock. You want to know why? <laughs> imagine being named Dick Warlock and you have like a micro dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, yeah, my, name, my name's Dick Warlock. Pull your pants down to go to have her suck you off and it's just like a fucking it's little a fucking raisin and some pubic, like a bubblegum <laughs> and pubic hair. You know what I mean? Shooting dust. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it shoots out like confetti. That's why he's Dick Warlock. It's like magic, and it makes <laughs> it makes one of those kazoo sounds. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing, I guess. Uh, I want to say, Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace at a Q and A at a horror convention, and somebody asked them. They were like, it was either him or John Carpenter. I'm pretty sure it's Tommy Lee Wallace though. And uh, they were like, hey, like, what is uh, Stonehenge and this you know masks that fucking make the like, slimy bugs out of your head what does that all have connections with he's like i don't know man it's magic i thought it was a great response <laughs> i mean for real yeah shut the fuck up just enjoy yeah, it it's magic God. shut up you fucking asshole what's your problem <laughs> yeah i want to hear what your picks are so me, i don't really have it. any i don't really have any like specific picks i was telling you about it like halloween 3 is definitely one that i like watching around this time the soundtrack is really important around to me around this time of the year um, I guess a really a, a cool one that I like around this time of the year is Trick or Treat from 1986. Um, you know, long live Sam. That's right, man. I do long like a little Sammy Kerr. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. So I like this one a lot, and, and it doesn't have a Blu-ray release um, here in the States. I, I think it has one overseas. I'm not sure if it's legit or not, to be honest. Did Rubenstein um, have something to do with this? You <laughs> might, dude. But um, it's a it's a great movie um, about a kid named Eddie. He's obsessed with Sammy Kerr, and uh, Sammy Kerr has this like tape that he you know it's like this unreleased tape. It's called Songs in the Key of Death, right? And this movie was made during the whole Satanic Panic era of you know the PMRC, you know basically 
you know, oh, they're putting in subliminal messages into music and they're corrupting our kids. You know, this was like, you know, what, a year after Slayer's Hello Waits came out. And, you know, the whole intro of Hello Waits is saying, join us backwards and stuff, you know. And all these people were brought on trial, you know, like Ozzy Osbourne, Suicide Solution, you know, a guy committed suicide. And they were saying, oh, he he was saying, kill yourself in the music, right? And um, all sorts of crazy shit. So, of course, you know, this movie comes out, right? And this kid named Eddie in the movie, he's obsessed with Sammy Kerr. He gets this tape, Songs in the Key of Death. And he figures out that there are these hidden lyrics that when he plays them backwards, it's Sammy Kerr who has died. You know, he died in a hotel fire, I believe. And he's like in this tape. You know what I mean? So he's basically channeling his energy through Eddie. Um, Eddie is basically targeting these bullies that have been mean to him at school. And of course, each event... Um, that Eddie is getting his revenge is becoming more sadistic until he realizes that Sammy Kerr is just trying to take control of him, right? So um, what ends up happening in the movie is I believe he spills soda or, uh, on, on the tape. And uh, that yeah, he spills soda on the tape and then Sammy comes out, right? And he's free. He no longer needs to work through Eddie. And of course, now you have a horror movie. Um, it's a fun movie. Um it's really hilarious because Gene Simmons plays Nuke, the radio DJ in it. And it's really just a cameo. Same thing with Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne plays a reverend in it. But if you see the American release of the DVD. Oh my God. Yeah. It's got Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons on the cover. And they're just just like a shitty eighties cover, like uh, of of an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, they just pulled like, they pulled like the most recent picture of Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne for the time. Which was probably like nine, like ninety nine, maybe two thousand, two thousand one, and they just put it on the cover, and like, they have they have cameos. They don't even have these starring roles, and it. it's it's hilarious. True shit, man. I actually I didn't watch that movie until like years back, like six seven years ago, um, because that cover threw me off. I remember mm-hmm. being at Walmart as a teen. And I saw that cover, and I love Ozzy. I'm not the biggest oh. Kiss fan. I think Gene Simmons is an asshole. Oh, yeah. But, um, sorry, AJ. But um, <laughs> I do like Going Blind, which is a really fucked up oh, song. Yeah. The lyrics. You ever hear the, the Melvins? The, the Melvins, Melvins made me listen great. to the original one, yeah. you know? Yep. But um, I remember seeing that cover, and I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Like, like what, I'm what never page? watching this movie ever in my whole entire life, right? And then I, I went to El Paso for the first time ever, not six years ago, this is, you know, longer than six years, to visit my in-laws and, and meet my, like, you know, my uh, sister-in-law and everyone. My sister-in-law was like, I love this movie, Trick or Treat, and there was the cover, and I'm like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> but she put it on, and I, I, I was like, okay, I have this 80s feel, I kind of like this, it's kind of cool. And I sat there and watched the whole movie, I'm like, this is fucking awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's just a fun movie. You know what I mean? It's one of those movies you can pop on. It's it's a good party movie. Um, this, it, again, it's one of those movies that has a superb soundtrack. You know, it's it's done by a group called Fastway, which is you know was headed by Fast Eddie Clark of Motorhead. Um, you know, he did he did a lot of the classic songs with Motorhead. And uh, interestingly enough, the singer of Fastway is Dave King, who's the singer of Flogging Molly now. So a lot of just kind of interesting connections with it. But uh, yeah, just a fun fucking movie. Um, you don't really have to think about it too much. Fun soundtrack. You know, you get to see Ozzy and Gene Simmons in it. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's a great just kind of heavy metal kind of horror movie, you know, for the time. So 
Ozzy um, when he could still kind of speak. Yeah, right. Yeah, w- well, yeah. When he wasn't, you know, doing, you know, when he was probably at the height of his drug use, but it, you know, it wasn't fucking him up just yet. Um, Bro, have you ever seen the fucking? Uh, it's a. I just fucking pulled an Ozzy there. Uh, <laughs> fucking um. There's a fucking. It's called the Beer Thief. It was on the Osborns reality show. But Ozzy comes out of the room. He's like, someone's drinking more beers in my room. And, and Sharon Osborne's like, no one's drinking your beers. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking like, you're letting this guy drink beer? Yeah, for what real. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah, Jesus. No, no, yeah. Trick or treat is a good one. I like that one. Um, usually around this time of the year, that's when I watch the big name slashers. I watch, you know, some of the Friday the 13th. Um, I watch some of the Halloweens. I don't really care about, you know, any of the newer ones. I don't give a fuck, flying fuck about the Rob Zombie ones. I don't care how many people try to fucking tell me about them. I don't fucking care. I'm not going to fucking watch them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. You never I, watched them at all, or you're just not going to watch I've, them? I've seen the first one. I'm not okay. watching the second one, though. I, I could give two fucking shits <laughs> about bad. this fucking movie, dude. <laughs> like, literally, I always have these, like, younger people that will try to be like, oh, man, it's pretty good. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to watch it. I don't yeah. like, I don't really like. Wait, wait, wait. They're, they're trying to tell you the Halloween part two is good? Yes. Wow, what the fuck? Yeah, they always name drop to... them right now. If you name drop them right now, they're gonna end up. I'm gonna Alec Baldwin them. Yeah, no, that's the one that they always talk about. I don't know anyone sp- specific. I've just seen it popping up in stories. You know, with the Halloween rankings that people do, they'll be like yeah. Halloween two. You know, and I'm like, like Rob Zombie movies. Like, but um, I don't even bother with four and five too much. I mean, I have I have the Anchor Bay ten of Halloween four and five. But yeah. I don't give a. I don't give a. I don't really care about them. They that much. suck. They're not that fucking good. No, no. I mean, I remember seeing them, seeing them on TV all the time. But um, I watch those. And then one I just recently we rewatched with my wife was the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and I like that one a lot. That's a that's a great fantastic movie, movie. Um, and and for good reason. You know, it, it has such a following. You know what I mean? You know, Wes Craven just he was so original you know what i mean and that's such a to me i, I rewatched it again i haven't i haven't watched it probably about two or three years and we watched it the other night and i was just thinking the whole time like it's funny it's got that humor in it still but it's such a dark movie but it, it also like it was just so original to have a killer like so good, you know man. invading the dreams and stuff and the concept of reality and like you know you know the the fantasy. I, I like that. I thought that was fantastic. And you know Johnny Depp's death scene is just one of the. I think one of the best death scenes in a movie. So fucking brutal. I remember the first time watching that movie, and I, I was. It was probably around Halloween because like my mom and dad always be like you know they show me the classics during October. You know, right. And it's funny because my sister with my my nephew, not Robert, but Jack. Jack's uh, Jack's not the one that's seen Cannibal Holocaust. He's like nine years old. He's not gonna watch that yet. <laughs> Robert's the one that's seen all the bad shit. But uh, right. Jack is starting to get into the whole Halloween season horror movies, and she wants to sleep over and shit. And um, my sister is doing basically what my mom and dad did. She's showing them like the classics, like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, right. all that shit. And Nightmare on Elm Street, man, is a fucking scary movie, man. Yeah, it's a powerhouse film. Just a good movie, and that's you know Halloween is usually the time that I watch like the bigger name slashers. I don't really watch those all the time um, because I watched them so much as a kid. 
that it's like watching them as an adult now. I have to like really be in the mood for it now. How do you get how do you get views and followers then if you don't watch them all the time? <laughs> I don't. That's the thing. Oh, okay. apparently yeah, deja vu. Your ass. Yeah, deja vu. Apparently, I piss people off. Your ass. Yeah, when I unfollow. Yeah, I gotta take a piss real quick. I'm gonna I'm... piss my pants. So uh, I always go with more of the gothic horror around this time. So I do like a lot of like, you know, the changeling um, lady in white is another one that oh, I really I a like a lot. One, dude. Yeah. And that's, and that's another just Halloween movie. It reminds me of, you know, being up North, you know, the season. Um, oh yeah. The season changes. Um, I, I watched that movie when I was a kid and uh, that movie scared me so bad because it's, it's the grandma from who's the boss. And um, <clears throat> the scene where the little boy, Lucas Haas, he's like sleeping in the bed and the camera pans out and she's in the window watching him. I think that's what gave me my irrational fears. There it is again. Yeah, here. dude, that's that's the root cause of all of it. Right oh, there. dude, that scene just scared the shit out of me, dude. And still to this day, like, I don't like having my windows Are you looking around at your windows right now? I did. I just looked over. You You literally just look. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's another good one. I like The Orphanage, which came out in 2007. It's a Spanish movie. Um, Is Del Del Toro one? He he had something to do with it? Yeah, I believe he produced it. Um, Great, great movie. And then The Others with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Um, man. That fucking... I am your daughter. Oh, yeah. That's creepy creepy movie yeah just a just a really good just old school kind of movie um and then the, you know like i said the changelings another one i i love just those old school movies like that classic just ghost tales um because that to me is like what the season's all about you know what i mean getting around a fire and just telling ghost stories and creeping each other out you know um but i i also focus a lot on you know the babas i say um, I love I love watching some of the ridiculous supernatural stuff like demons around this time of the year. Um, Black Sabbath, you know, Mario Baba, Black Sabbath, Shock as well as another one. Um, like I said, just supernatural stuff. And then I watch a lot of stuff with my kids. You know, since I have kids now, I've been introducing them to stuff. And uh, one thing that my wife has shown my girls is uh, Hocus Pocus, which I actually never saw until a few years ago. That Hocus Pocus to me, I always associated. I'm like, oh, it's a chick movie, you know, but uh, I watched it and my girls like it a lot. So I've definitely gotten more of an appreciation for it. And I like that they enjoy it, you know, and uh, they really love like one of their favorites to watch is uh, the, the Corpse Bride. Uh, okay. Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, which is another one I never really watched until a few years ago, until my oldest was able to watch it. And I watched it for the first time and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. It's 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 a good throwback movie. Again, to those kind of classic ghost stories where, you know, revenge is involved and there's a twist, you know. And then another one, which I mentioned earlier that I showed my girls a few years back was The Monster Squad. Um so good i fuck i love that movie that movie just reminds me of my childhood my older brother showed me that and oh my god but my daughter i showed uh her the movie a few years back and the scene where the wolf uh the wolf man he's uh 
Yeah, he he's changing in the phone booth, you know? He's like, you gotta uh, yeah. help me, you gotta send someone! Yeah, and he's looking out at the full moon, he starts transforming, and it's all prosthetics and these, you know, practical effects. That scene scared her so bad. I'm not <laughs> lying, I'm not lying to you. She literally curled up into a ball on the couch, crawled into me, and just started bawling her eyes out. That's how bad that scene scared her. Because he gets so violent, you know, it's like, you gotta help me. And he yeah. turns into the Wolfman, right? And then he breaks the phone booth and runs out. And you know I who think, that is, right? The actor? Who? That's Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Is it really? I swear to God, I wouldn't lie to you, my Shut friend. up. Are you Look serious? Look it up right now. Look I mean, it up I, be- right I now. believe you. Enough. You're saying it. I believe you, man. Dude, I'm telling you. It, it, it took me for a whirl. I was like, whoa, whoa. And then you think of Uncle Rico and the way the Wolfman guy looked. And they're 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 practically it makes, it makes fucking, sense. It's so, wild. So Uncle Rico is a wolf man. He's Damn. a wolf man. Gosh, <laughs> you're the wolf man. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, but um, those are great movies. I like watching those. Um, and then another one I just revisited was Prince of Darkness. Uh, John Carpenter's okay. Prince of Darkness. Um, Carpenter's just, like a big a big Halloween feel all the way around, man. I think because Carpenter just has that. I think Carpenter just has that old school vibe. You know, he grew up a lot with like Howard Hawks and, you know, a lot of the old school directors. And I think he's just a great storyteller. You know what I mean? And that's to me what Halloween's all about. It's all about storytelling. It's all about tales and, you know, just legends and folklore and stuff like that. And I think he's so good at, you know that kind of storytelling that his, his movies just vibe really well with the season you know what i mean yeah. um you know because another thing i like doing around this time of the year is i like revisiting edgar Allan poe and hp lovecraft that's usually when i'll read i'll reread some of their stories um i just read the other day um i was i was um reading the story that tombs of the blind dead was based on i can't remember the name of it uh, or the Mountain of Spirits. It was written in 1862, and um, I, I just read that the other day for the first time. I, I I didn't really realize that the Blind Dead was based on a story, so I, I I read it. It's only like four pages. It's really really short, but um, that's what I like doing around this time of the year. Is I like kind of revisiting those old ghost stories though, and stuff like that. <laughs> I was ready for. <laughs> I was ready for saying, yeah, it's pretty short. It's like 62 pages. It's four pages long. Yeah, dude, you can read it literally in like 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I don't know your reading level, but, you know, hey. It's you not can that read good. It. <laughs> so maybe 30 minutes, but, hey, you'll be able to read it. An hour. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I like that kind of stuff. I mean, that's the stuff I've always been into for the season. Um, it's what kind of gives gets me in the mood. But um, I, I feel like we did kind of mention some, like, you know, before we end this, end the show here. We need to, like, really talk about some Halloween memories, you know? Absolutely, man. And actually, I have I have two. And one's short, one's a little bit of a story. Not really that long. And uh, it goes right into a Halloween movie, too. One of my, uh, I don't know what it was, maybe on a Disney Channel back in the day. When I was a kid. This is when I was a kid, bro. Right, right. My mom would bake pumpkin seeds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, we do that. And every we would year watch too. Return to Oz, mm. and it was always on the Disney Channel during the Halloween season because that movie's a horror movie. It's not a kids. Oh yeah, movie. I agree. You yeah. know, and I, I remember just always sitting there and eating pumpkin seeds, all salted, you know, delicious pumpkin seeds, roasted or whatever, and fucking watch Return to Oz. So that's a great memory. 
And the story I have is fucking hilarious. So it's like eighth grade. I'm just going to say it's eighth grade. Might have been seventh. And me and my buddy Matt, my best friend, um, you know, we watched Clockwork Orange. Right. Right. And we were obsessed with it, man. We loved it. Because we remember our moms and dads would always say, you can't watch this movie. You can't watch this movie. So one day we fucking woke up. We had a sleepover, right? We we painted our nails and sucked each other's dicks. And um, <laughs> normal, you know, normal normal holiday events, right? Normal stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, you know, we 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 snuck. We found the movie downstairs. Uh, his mom owned the movie, and we snuck it upstairs. And we put it in in the morning, and we watched the whole film. And I was like, wow, man, this movie's nuts. So anyway, Matt's like, you know, during the Halloween season, he's like, yo, man, he's like, I'm gonna dress like Alex for Halloween. I said, yeah, it's badass. I said, I'll dress like uh, one of the droogs with you, right? All right. But I'm lazy. I didn't. Have, I didn't get anything ready for the costume or nothing. So I ended up going as like a scream character or something, something stupid. You know, maybe that's my dismay for scream because I fucking <laughs> just use that. You know, I don't know what it was. It could have been Jason or scream. I don't know what the fuck it was. But Matt went all out, bro. He went all out, and he looked like Alex, right? But every house we went to. They would say, what are you, a ballet dancer? Uh, and he got so fucking uh, like, bro. What are you, a ballet dancer? And he's like, this is fucking bullshit. Oh, my God, dude. So I just have this memory of Halloween, me walking down the street with Matt, dressed like Alex, but and he looks so dismayed and pissed because everyone thinks he's a ballet dancer. <laughs> oh, dude, that's brutal, man. And he good, probably man. he, he was probably so was like sweating that costume so but so much before, you know, going out. Oh uh, man, I, I told him too. I was I was gassing him up. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. And then right. like literally nobody got what it was. <laughs> it was a awful, good memory, dude. very good memory. And also, you know, going into the I live in a blue collar area. I still do. Right. And then uh, we would have to, you know, we would trek over to the uh, other area. It's a town called Voorhees. A lot of like the uh, Flyers and Eagles, like the big NFL, NHL motherfuckers are there. And you would have to get the king size bars. That's where you would go to get king size bars. You know right, I mean? right. So you have to trek over there to get your good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was like my area, too. You know, the area I grew up in was right outside of Detroit, really blue collar area. You know, you got to trek into certain areas. Uh, you know, you get different kinds of candy depending on where you go. For sure, man. Same thing. Yeah. Um, one of my one of my big memories was um watching Snick on Nickelodeon. And uh I went trick-or-treating with my friends. I forgot what I was that year, but um it was in ninety-four and uh I, I went back home after trick-or-treating, right? I was nine years old and I tuned into Snick. And uh, Nickelodeon was doing their uh, Halloween special for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or Are You Afraid of the Dark was doing their Halloween special. And it was the episode um, Apartment 214. Uh, basically, uh, a girl moves into an apartment and um, uh, she has this old lady neighbor and the old lady lives by herself, right? And, uh, you know, the, the little girl basically starts becoming friends with the neighbor and uh the, the neighbor says, I want you to come over on this date. I can't remember what the date was, but she was like, I want you to come over on this date. This date is very, very important for me. Um, and I really want someone, I want to be with someone. I want to, I want a visitor. Right. You know? So the little girl's like, okay, no problem. Right. I, I can be there for you. And, uh, 
the little girl ends up getting an offer because she's at a new school, right? She gets an offer to go to a concert instead. So she goes to the concert instead of visiting this old lady neighbor. And uh, the old lady neighbor starts like terrorizing the girl. And very supernatural. She starts kind of like appearing in places and stuff. Well, you end up finding out uh, that the old lady is dead. And the date that she wants that little girl to visit her is the day that she died. And she died alone. That whole episode was just so fucking scary. Like, <laughs> fucking it, sad, too. Bro. And it was it's sad. Yeah, it was a sad episode. But again, it was just one of those, like, epi- you know, it was one of those stories that would be told around a campfire, you know, like the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I love about it. It was perfect for Halloween. So it was like Halloween memories like that, man. I, I loved watching, you know, like me and my friends, we'd go out trick-or-treating and then we'd come back home and watch that shit, you know, or watch whatever was on TV, you know. I remember Monster Vision, you know, would always do some stuff around that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just miss those, like, northern Halloweens. We get a lot of neighborhood uh, kids nowadays, you know, uh, where we live. We live in a pretty big neighborhood, so we get a lot of kids. But, uh, you know, I will say with all the commercialism now and Halloween and horror movies in general, really, we, we really break it down. I will say that I'm glad there's kind of a renaissance for it and people are enjoying the holiday again. Um, you know, because there were definitely a period, I don't know about where you're at, but there was definitely a period where there weren't a ton of kids coming around for a while. And now it's like our generation has kind of like brought Halloween back and, and made it an important day again, you know, for kids, especially. So, you know what I wish we get brought back, honestly? I know in Michigan it's called Devil's Night, but Michigan, oh, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't happen as much. So when I was a kid, it was kind of phasing out when I was, like, getting into Mischief Night, you know? Like, 8th right. grade, 7th grade. Oh, and yeah. it kind of just didn't really go anywhere after that. I don't really see a lot of, like... I would not... Honestly, I would not care. If I woke up on fucking October 31st, yep. went into work, and my fucking house was TP'd, I would laugh and just drive well, to work. I think we need to explain Devil's Night, because Devil's Night is a very Midwest thing. And, and I know yeah. they have it on the East Coast as well. Um, but Devil's Night itself, yeah, it's... Very, very Midwest. They do it a lot, you know, Chicago and Ohio and, you know, all the Michigan, you know, where I'm from. Um, But if you're not from that area, you probably don't know what Devil's Night is. And Devil's Night is basically a night where just kids go out and just cause mischief. Um, You know, Detroit, there were some major issues with people burning stuff down. And uh, the whole premise of the movie The Crow is Devil's Devil's Night. Night. It's Devil's Night. Um, My favorite holiday. Yeah, that takes place in Detroit. but yeah, so that's the whole point of the holidays. You just go out and you TP houses, you egg people and all sorts of stuff, right? You just cause mischief. Um, it was really big, I guess, in like, you know, the 1920s, 1930s. That was like when it was at its height. Um, and they actually trying to outlaw. But, but it's funny because I was talking about Devil's Night with my students in, down here in South Carolina. And they were like, what the hell's Devil's Night? They don't know about it. Like down here, you talk about, you talk about, I think a lot of adults may know about it now just because of seeing it in movies and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like down here, the kids, I'll talk with kids about Devil's Night. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Man, I remember me and my buddies used to, you know, the first, the first mischief night. We didn't call it Devil's Night. It was mischief night. We, I, I was lo- loading up toilet paper, shaving, we shaving cream, oh, yeah. windows and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, There's yeah. actually a town where my dad grew up, uh, Westmont slash Haddonfield. Uh, they have a Halloween parade every year, right? I, I haven't been to it since I was young. But, right. like, I remember being a kid 
and um, the, 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 these teenagers would walk by, they're covered in shaving cream. I always thought it looked so much fun. Like, they would shaving cream, windows, you could see, like, everywhere, shaving cream, bro. And I remember the one that I tried chiming in, like, I had Barbasol, fucking mint shaving cream. I didn't know it was mint, so I squirted it on my head, and I'm like, fucking head hurts! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy, because, you know, Detroit actually tried to, like, combat Devil's Night in the nineties, they had angels night. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And they would just have a bunch of people roaming around the city, making sure like stuff wasn't being burned down. And you know, oh, okay. I thought you, know. you were going to say it was a bunch of priests running around touching kids. <laughs> angels. <night. laughs> Halloween's pretty fucking rad. Uh, I don't really sell it. I can't celebrate it. I work retail. So I'm always right. working Halloween. Always. I haven't had a Halloween day off. <laughs> since the no not even i don't even know bro because in the navy i'm working fucking halloweens too so i really don't know the last time i had halloween off right so yeah. like i'm kind of desensitized to the holiday a little bit just because i can't really have fun i don't have mm -hmm. kids either so i can't really vicariously live through them yet you don't have kids yet i don't have kids bro <laughs> you're Listen, like I'm not... having kids is great you know what's even better all right Hey, I'm going to go take a vacation in Japan. I, have to, have to, I don't have to fucking have babysitters or anything. I don't have to fucking figure out how my kid, you know, or bring my kid on a plane. I'd rather shoot myself. Jesus Christ. I would fucking hire Alec Baldwin to play a fucking Clint Eastwood stand-in in front of me before I'd fucking have kids. Just shove them in a, just shove them in a suitcase, man. You'll be fine. You know, hey, it's, uh, it's been good talking about some Halloween memories and some some of our traditions that we have with our movies, right? I know some people do their 31 days of Halloween horror, right? And I think it's cool seeing the posts on Instagram about it. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it, it was good to kind of touch base with you and see what uh, see what you do, you know? And I would love to hear what you guys all do as well. You know, what movies do you guys watch? What, what do you like doing for Halloween? Let us know. Yeah, hit us up. Don't hit us up too much. Though. Don't fucking yeah. don't oversaturate our DMs or I'll find you and kill you. Um, <laughs> fucking, I'm really, really happy that this episode happened. I'm not the biggest Halloween guy, you know. I'm more of a Christmas guy. It sounds crazy because I'm a horror movie guy. You know what I mean? It's. I feel like if you're a horror movie guy, everyone thinks you have to like Halloween. But Halloween's great, man. And like I said, I'm happy it's actually got its new breath of uh, fresh air. And uh, I hope all of you guys hit us up any kind of memories, anything. We'll, we'll put it on the next episode, you know, the intro. We'll, we'll talk about any kind of memories or favorite horror movies during Halloween or whatever it may be. Right. Um, but everyone have a safe, safe, safe Halloween, right? Don't need any LSD candy or if you get any or anything like that, just send it my way, yeah. you know? <laughs> send it my I'll way too. Need it, you know? Send, um, send, send Will all the razor blades that you find yeah, in your bag. Send basket. me razor blades and drugs <laughs> if you can. Everyone sit down, shut the fuck up fuck you and your Michael Myers bullshit and go watch Tom Atkins nail some young ass. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. And remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween.
Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>